Right then, morning, Ryan. How you doing? Yeah, all good, mate. Yeah, very good. Thanks. Very busy. Busy? Yeah, ridiculously busy, yeah. Too busy, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> too busy, but you know, well, can you be too busy? I don't know. I'd rather be not. I'd rather be too busy than not busy. Absolutely, absolutely. So we've got Can- Canal Street Social today. Uh, yeah, we have. Yeah, so we've got Canal Street Social. Team should be uh, pretty much turning up. I would say in the next hour. Um, but all the preps done. Everything's in. All the cold rooms are loaded up with all the trolleys. That's just ready to go out. So all they got to do, pick it up, put it on the lorry, go down, crack on. You know, do the job that they do so well. So that's that's all good to go. Nice, I'm looking forward to going down and... Uh, Weather's looking good, so... Yeah, having a beer in the sun and, and yeah. having some food. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully everyone else will be thinking the same. <laughs> <laughs> Touch wood. Yeah, uh, exactly. Right, so there's a little bit of a, uh, a situation that you wanted to talk about, Ryan. Do you want to uh, go straight into that? Yeah, I think uh, it's obviously something we, we spoke about the other day, didn't we? We were just having a meeting and I was telling you about what had happened and uh, we decided actually, you know what, this would be a good thing to talk about on the podcast on the basis that uh, it could really help a lot of people um, from getting caught out like this because ultimately, um, you know, I've been doing this 17 years and, you know, I would say I've got probably some of the most experience when it comes to street food, uh, special events and, and so on and so forth, you know, I- in the country probably. And uh, it, they still got me. So, um, and, and, and there was a reason for that, which I'll go into, but basically what's happened is um, I've got uh, caught out by a fraudulent event so it's it's a it's a fictitious event. It's fraudulent completely, and uh, I agreed sole rights for two of these events essentially, um, and paid them sixteen hundred quid uh, for exclusive rights on on both their events. And turns out the event doesn't exist. So how, how did this how did this come about? Take take us right the way back to the beginning. How it was introduced to you, and what yeah. the early conversations were like, and then how it progressed to to, to where it got to. So essentially, there was um, an individual called Dan Lane. Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm naming individuals now because the individuals are fictitious anyway, it's fake accounts. So, but the individual was using a name of Dan Lane. Uh, some of you, you know, in the industry that are on socials, especially in the industry groups, might have picked this up already. And if you're actually one of the people that may have even been caught out by him, um, I want you to contact me through my social media page at Ryan Patrick, uh, either Instagram or Facebook, because we'd like to have a chat about this. But the story went. Um, Normal posts by an, by an individual called Dan Lane running some events in the Leicestershire area, um, in two of the parks over there. Um, family festival, uh, very much just about stage, entertainment, fun for the kids, you know, ice cream vans, a load of nice food and a, a nice day out. So uh, it was a paid event, so the public had to buy tickets and uh, was advertising for food traders. So... I was tagged in the post. Uh, I could do with a lot of posts. I had a little look at it and uh, started sending some messages to the individual. The individual's messaging me back. No problem at all. Uh, said he would like to use a op- sole operator, liked what we did, sent some videos. And um, we formulated a deal some point end of last year. So we agreed it, and I think we pretty much landed on Christmas a few days later. So that was it. Um, then what's happened is... Uh, January's come and every year I go I take my family away skiing in January so we were skiing in Switzerland and I was getting absolutely hounded by this individual to to pay some invoices that he'd sent to me now bear in mind he'd only sent them to me in like a day or two and it was January and the event was the first one was July second one was August so I understand obviously they want to get things squared off I get that completely but you know Sending me the invoice while I'm on holiday and two days later saying, I really need this paid, I really need this paid. 
I broke every rule that I ever, I've ever had, and that is, before spare sending any money, I do all my checks. And I didn't. And I'll come back to what those checks should be. But because I was being hounded while I'm at the top of the Alps with two children trying to ski through my social media, uh, I ultimately just paid them. You know, direct online banking from my phone from the top of the top of the Alps in Switzerland, just just to shut him up, really, because he was doing my nutting. Um, and then we, we had a ski holiday, enjoyed it, came back. And when we came back, I just suddenly thought, hmm, I don't really do that. I normally do a little bit more research than that. Um, I'm chatting to some guy on Facebook, really. Now, obviously, I had a bank account, so, you know, there was an element of security. There was no cash payments or anything like that. It was a transfer, but I still would do more security checks than that. And then... I passed it off a little bit, just thought, oh, look, it's going to be fine. And then uh, got to around March, went on the social media page, the event page that was set up, hadn't had a single post on it, albeit, look, it was early. So gave me a little nudge, just said, uh, just see when you're going to get the marketing going for the event. And then, you know, obviously, from our perspective, we're sole right provider. I need the numbers there to recoup the money. So, um yeah, all good, no problems, just early, we're just going to start trickling it soon. Okay, no problem, got to around April, still nothing, got around May, still nothing. I'm thinking, okay, but the, the first event's July. I so I said, Dan, look, I really need to start seeing some marketing. I said, on top of that, we've got a very strong marketing team. You know, our, our, this podcast is part of our process with that stuff, you know. You, you, you know how much marketing we do, you do most of it for us. So, you know, it's like... You know, we need to be looking and sharing the event and advertising the event and getting on board with the with, you know, with the marketing of it. And um, it's just there's nothing to market. Um, and he came back to me and said, "No, no, don't worry. The tickets are selling fine." And I said, "How? How are you selling tickets? I can't see it anywhere." And he said, "Through the website." So I said, "Okay, can I have the website? Send it me. It's got a proper website with the ticket." you know, purchase tickets on there. And I uh, tried to purchase some tickets. It wouldn't work. So I messaged him. He said, oh, no, there'll be something wrong with it. Let me just have a look. He said, try now. So I went back and it did work. Um, but then I'm thinking, well, who's buying from a website that you don't even know exists? Like, how do you even know it's there? So I said to him, well, what's driving traffic to that website? There's nothing on social media. You know, obviously it's not going to be number one on Google. It's a brand new event with a new website, you know. So what, what, what? What's the score with this? There's no signs anywhere. And he was like, oh, yeah, don't, don't worry, don't worry. In the end, I just thought, this doesn't sound good at all. So I'm starting to have a little look. Looked on the page. It doesn't really have any pictures. doesn't have any posts. So I went back to my invoice. I had a look at my invoice. It's got a trading address. So I put the trading address and the tr company name into company's house, and it can't find it. It finds loads of companies of those addresses in that industrial estate, but none of them to that company. Um, put in the, the particular guy's name into company's house. That doesn't come up either. Um, and I thought, you know what? I'm getting done here. And I thought... So I sent him a message just saying, really need to get a site visit in ahead of July uh, because obviously we're, you know, we're coming to the end of May now. So, And um, he just didn't reply. He read it and didn't reply. So I messaged him again. Dan, I really need a site visit. I can't send you eight food units without looking at the site first to make sure that you know it's flat and it's this and it's there's access and we can get our lorry in and everything else. No reply. And I think it was by this point I'd asked that many questions that he thought I think he was trying to you know I was trying to draw him out. So he never responded again. So I contacted the park straight away that in which the event was being held and asked them to qualify the event. 
they came back just saying, unfortunately, that event doesn't exist. Um, which obviously meant the other event didn't exist, which meant I was robbed of 1,600 quid, essentially. Now, for me, I'd have normally done all these checks, but stupidly, being hounded at the top of the Alps, I just paid him to shut him up. And uh, I just thought, look, it is what it is. It's done. The money's gone. I'm not getting it back. But luckily for us, we can sustain that loss. But there's lots of people out there that can't. And there would be a lot of people out there that will put money into that. And they're totally relying on that money to come back in for them to be able to go again on the next event. Mm-hmm. So this kind of behaviour can't happen. It's fraud. And so because of it, I was fuming. And I was not even fuming about the money. I was fuming because it's people like him that plague our industry. It's people like him that put independence into administration. Yeah, that could that could kill off a small independence. Small independence. Somebody can't feed their kids the next week because of some sort of scumbag like that. And I thought, you know what, have the money. Merry Christmas. All right, fine. I can live with it. But lots can't. So there's something needs to be done about this. So I spoke to Trading Standards, explained to them the situation. I said to them, that, you know, that we, 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 you know, we had, we, the, with the way we operate as a company is we like to offer help and advice to independents, to small companies, to people in our industry who, to try and make them successful, life's hard. You know, the industry's hard. Times are hard. So the last thing I want is somebody doing this. So I need somebody to go on board with training standards, especially because it was their own park. So the council's training standards department took the hump to it majorly. Because obviously... Well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, they've got a job to do anyway, but they were using the council's park as a platform in which to rip people off. Mm. So that irritated them even more. So he was like red on it. So he said to me... Are you willing to take this all the way? I said, yeah, absolutely. And I've got a bank account. I said, so, you know, we might not know who he is on Facebook. We might not know who he is. And it might not be his bank account, but it's someone's bank account. Yeah, it's something to trace. It's something to trace. So he said, absolutely. So I, tr- I gave him the bank account. And I said to him, but something I do want to know is, I want to document this through our podcast, through our socials, through any other channel, right the way through to a prosecution if we can get one. Just to kind of show the show that there's a stand in the industry against people like that, who's going to do stuff like that. Look, we all know what this what this game's like, right? You can go and spend a load of money, go to an event, it pours down with rain, you take no money. Stuff like that you can't control. It's not an organiser's fault. It's not our fault, right? That's our gamble that we live with. This is a different kettle of fish. This is the, you're not even going to give a chance to take any money. It's just fraud. And it's fraud aimed at really small businesses. It, you know, f- no fraud is okay. But, you know, if somebody goes and rips off a massive corporation, you know, who's probably insured against it, right, that's terrible. But it's not going to put small independent into the, you know, potential hardship. Um, and this will. So, we're, so where we're at now is, uh, they've had a statement from me, uh, they've had the bank account details, it's now under investigation. Um, and I'm just waiting to see. I mean, they have said this could be a long process to get this person. And I just said, that's fine. I'm patient. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's document it all the way through. So as we go through, we'll just keep updating people how it's going, what's going on, and eventually, hopefully, get to the person who's done it. And, um, you know, we can uh, we can give them a bit of airtime. Maybe, oh, not, absolutely, yeah. maybe not directly on here, but, you know, I'm sure no, we... Let's can, bring him on. You know, let's bring him on. <laughs> if him like, right yeah, there. Yeah, that's it. If we get the, <laughs> if, see if we can get LAPD to bring him in. <laughs> that's it there. But, so that's where we're at. And um, so all I wanted to do was really 
give a few basic checks that people should be doing to avoid this. And obviously, f- number one is don't pay cash. Number two is when you get your invoice, check it against company's house. Check the individual against company's house. Um, and obviously check um, that the name of the company is registered to the right address and everything else. The other thing to do is if it's in a certain location, contact that location. So if it's a showground, you can always contact the showground and just ask them to confirm that the event's there. You can check if it's on their website. You know, if it's a council park, you can check on their website. Councils aren't all that aren't that great sometimes at updating and and, and, and and you know, for that matter, so are a lot of other people as well. So don't always expect it to be on the website. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a fraudster. Give them a call. Mm-hmm. Say I'm looking at booking this event. Just want to make sure that, you know, this event, you know, we're aware of it and it is happening at your showground. Um, just doing a few basic safety checks to make sure that, you know, it's everything's above board. You are aware of this is a, an official event that's booked with you. They'll confirm that. And um, and then you'll, you've got your security that you know this is not a made-up fraudulent event. Um, and then obviously after that, it's like checking the Facebook page. You know, how many followers has it got? How many likes has it got? Has it happened before? Um, you know, is the pictures of the event from previous? You know, this particular event uh, didn't have a, its own social media page. It had a, an event page with a picture which looked like it'd been ripped off Google um, with, you know, a stage in it and some people sitting on the grass, you know. So, which, uh, you know, I, I, I almost laughed at myself, to be honest, when I did it because, you know, I've paid this money without even looking. Really, but if you did look, you'd have gone. I'm not paying any money to that. It's absolutely terrible. You know, I mean, they had a proper website and everything else, but you know, it, the, the warning signs were there. Yeah, but I'd imagine it can be difficult sometimes when you're checking, especially six months in advance. A, a lot of these, a, a lot of events companies are a bit slow with marketing. Mm. Sometimes they're not that great at marketing, so yeah. you, you might you might look and think. Oh well, they're just they're just not particularly on it. They're not they're not yeah. they're, they've not started yet, or they're not like they, they've not got their their marketing push in in full swing. Mm. So I can I can see where there might be a, a little bit of confusion there, where you where you might where you might not be quite sure. Yeah, but the thing is, it's nearly every nearly every event has got to be held at a location. Mm-hmm. Someone owns that location. It could be anything from a farmer owning the land right the way through to you know, a showground, which is going to have its own website, which has got its own office department, admin department, you know, reception that you can phone, a, a council park, you know. If I'd have made one phone call to that council before I paid that invoice and said, have you got this event booked with you? They'd have said no. And I said, oh, right. So I'd have gone back to Dan going, the council don't know anything about it. And he'd have probably made up some kind of excuse and oh, it's just not on the website yet. And I th- I'd have said, okay, no problem. Well, I'll pay the invoice as and when the council advertise it. They're never going to advertise it because it's not booked. It's not real. So actually, I should have just waited. And if and so the, there's some really simple key checks. Ask the landowner, does this exist? Do you know about it? Um, and then obviously, when you get the invoice, check it against company's house. Uh, see if it's real. See if the people are real. See if it's co- it's connected to a real company. Check the social media page. Has it been on before? Is there loads of real pictures of it? You know, is the lo- you know has it got twenty thousand likes on this particular event? So you know, it's been going ten years. It's now got loads of followers. There's all those fundamental things. If it's a relatively blank page or doesn't have a page, you know, if the landowner doesn't know anything about it, don't pay it. That's pretty much it. That that, that makes a lot of sense, and and it's worrying because that there's fraudulent events are something that has always happened and probably will continue to happen. It's something that we've experienced in 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 previous businesses. Um, a, a certain Mexican 
yes. celebration event. That's, yes. that, that, Remember that. Yeah, and that caused a that caused a massive fuss on the internet, and there were there were tons yeah. and tons of there were quite a few separate pages all set up exclusively to expose this event and yeah. and, um, and and try and get people's money back. Mm. And by, it looks like they got away with it. Yeah. I don't think anyone got a refund. No, no. And there was a lot, wasn't there? There was thousands of tickets sold for that. Yeah, there were several different events pages set up purely to, to try and warn people away from it and to yeah. try and organise some kind of push to be able for mm. people to be able to get refunds and all this mm. kind of thing. What is there anything that you think can be done from, from an, from well, I don't know what perspective really, but I don't know whether it, whether it be through venues or through councils or how, how do you what, what do you think can be done to stop this to stop things like that happening? It's very difficult, isn't it? Because obviously a lot of this is done through social media, so you know it's it, it's it's quite an open channel, isn't it? And there's that much fake stuff on social media. You know, every day, you know, you're getting some you know stupid, you know, you know, trying to sell you FX trading or you know. I mean, that's fraud. You know, yeah, fixed football matches. You know, there's just everything comes through. I mean, on a daily basis, you know, I get anything from you know, random kind of like. Um, yeah, you know, f- football fixing kind of messages to, um, you know, f- FX trading and you know cryptocurrencies and just fake accounts and like all coming through constantly, you know. And I'm just constantly deleting them, you know, or getting added to groups where it's like you know hot wife alone at home, you know. I mean that's probably because not going to your that, messages, you know, Ryan. That's, no, that's, that's not that's probably because <laughs> of all the stuff I've been searching. Probably yeah, but uh, obviously I stay in those groups. Those are great, but you know the fraudulent ones I come out of. Uh, but you know, there's just, just so much nonsense on there, you know, and it's just you forever leave, leave, you yeah. know, block, no thank you, you know, and it's just, it's just total nonsense all the time. So you just don't know who you're talking to, you know, you know, it's, it's um, it, and, and, and because our events are being obviously advertised through there, I mean, we get a huge amount of our work come through social media, you know, so it's not something you can swerve, you know, being in our industry, you just can't, but you've got to do those checks. And unfortunately, with it being such a tough time, and with it being a saturated market, there are a huge amount of traders out there that need work. That will, yeah, well, that will bite someone's hand off for a job and think, yeah. right, let's get that paid, let's get that done, let's get it off, done, let's onto go. the next one, yeah. great. I need money, we need to fill yeah. our calendar, let's do it as quick as we can. And actually, it's just about, yeah, fine, agree it with them, and then just say, and then just say send me the invoice, get the invoice, and say to them, no problem at all, I'll pay that in 24 hours, and take those 24 hours to search everything before you click send. And and just do it because people are you know people are desperate. They'll overpay, you know. They'll 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 do anything to get to get a catering job, and um, and they're preying on that, you know. And they're preying on that. And with me, fortunately, it wasn't desperation. It was being too busy and you know getting annoyed at being hounded that I made a mistake. Um, and like I say, we're fortunate to enough to be able to you know I don't want to, but I'm fortunate enough to be able to look. It's not going to break the bank, but so it will break someone's bank, and uh, and and it'll be a horrendous situation for them. So let's hopefully this little bit of advice can just get people just pause a sec, right? He's not going to go and give the job away to somebody else in the next five hours, right? Just say, yep, yeah, I'm in, no problem, like it, happy with the price, send me the invoice, and then spend a few hours just checking before you send the money. You know, you can tell to him, yeah, I'm just out at the moment, I'll come back and I'll pay it. You know, you can make any reason you want up, as long as they think the money's coming, take that time. Just make sure that uh, that it's real. And then hopefully it is, and you go and take loads of money, but sometimes they're not. So it's just worth taking that time just to do it. Um, and so hopefully just this 10 minutes covering that will stop somebody losing a load of money. 
Is this something that you've experienced more than once? I know, I know we have in other businesses, but is this something you've experienced more than once in, in street food? Um, fortunately for me, not. But I've had, I've had plenty of attempts at it. Uh, and I've just gone, no, thanks. It's not for me. I've changed my mind. And what were those warning signs for those? Um, similar things, similar things, really. Um, a, quite a big one is them pushing you hard for the payment. That's that's quite a big one. I think that should be something people should be aware of. They're pushing hard for the payment. And when, you then, say, when you say pushing hard for the payment, mm, what what kind of what kind of things are they saying? Well, what what you tend to do is you tend to get a, you know a decent sized events company will have T's and C's, and they'll say right if you're happy to t- if you're happy to take the contract, you know we'll um, we'll invoice you right, and you need to pay say a deposit by this date. And then you need to pay the full payment by this date. This guy was pushing me for full payment immediately. And he was pushing for it like a day or two after he'd sent the invoice in January when the event was in July. And what I should have said to him is, here's 100 quid. Now, there you go. Now, you've got my commitment. Yeah. Right. But I didn't. Right. So you'll tend to get a proper events company and they're not, they won't hound you for the money because they're secure. You know, somebody hounding you for the money is like he's got a bite and he's just almost reeling you in. So he just wants to get the money off you because he's nearly there. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's, it's signs of desperation from them. Um, so, you know, it, it was stuff like that that I was picking up from people previously. And then I've swerved them. I had a look on their social media pages. You know, had a look on, you know, had a look on the park page or, co- or, a, or, a, site, or a site and said to them, do you know anything about this event? Because I'm, no, I don't know anything about that. We don't, we've never heard of it. Okay, great. No, thank you. It's not for me. You know, um, and so... I think it's just you know th- th- there's lots of it there and it's and it's still going on now and it, and like I say if there's anybody else that's experienced this park event family fun day in Leicestershire run by a Dan Lane send me a message on uh, socials because the more that we can pack out for um, trading standards and the more people that have unfortunately lost money will mean a, a harder punishment. And how does it work with trading standards? What's the process like? So the process is obviously they have to investigate it. They have to see if they can find somebody. Obviously, there's a bank account. So whoever it's connected to is either the person or somebody laundering fraudulent money. So either way, whoever it is at the end of that bank account is in serious trouble. So, you know, it's either that they'll go, that's me, I've done it, or no, that's not me. Take Take the rap, which is probably unlikely, I would imagine, or they might go, that wasn't me. Somebody asked to use my bank account. It's my mate. This is this is him. I'm not getting in trouble. So yeah. someone's getting it regardless because that fraudulent money went into that bank. So that's their process. But to get to the point where they do that, they get the bank to, you know, release the information of the person because obviously now in criminal investigation, all the rest of it's long. He, he said to, to get a prosecution on that, you could be looking at 18 months. So, but 18 months, it's 18 months, you know, I'll wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the the advantage you've got is that is that you have got the financial strength to be able to wait something like that out and mm-hmm. and play it out to the end. Whereas uh, some independents might have to move on and focus on something else or, or, or move move on businesses if they've been mm. completely flattened by it. But but yeah, I'm um, I'm curious to see where this goes and and uh, what documenting it's going to be like. I'm I'm looking forward to it to be honest. Yeah, well, hopefully it goes the whole way. And then you know, my my plan is that you know on court day if he gets a prosecution. You know, uh, if he comes out of court and doesn't, you know, if he comes out of court, because I, I, I don't imagine it going to a jail sentence because it's not serious enough, but somebody's going to end up having fraud against their name, which let's face it, you know, certain fraud, fraud prosecutions, you know, you get some serious trouble for it, really, really serious. It's very, very high punishments for fraud. Uh, 
So, you know, yes, okay, it's not millions and millions of pounds, but it's, you know, it, it's fraud and they they don't take lightly this one. It's particularly, it's got a particularly strong punishment. So, you know, if he comes out of court and, you know, he's, he's within throwing distance, we're probably going to plan to have a load of Greek wraps and hot dogs nearby. <laughs> we're going to wang a lot of them at him. So just, you know, add a just bit for of... for the camera, that's a joke. Yeah, yes. Well, it might not be. So we'll, so we'll see, yeah. Okay, perfect. So, so moving on from fraudulent events and onto some some really really exciting ones. Yeah, what have you got coming up next week, Ryan? So next week is the ABR festival. Uh, we're really looking forward to this one. Um, we are stepping it up a gear. So what's what's the ABR festival? So for, ABR for stands for Adventure Bike Rider, which is a international magazine. Uh, brilliant, brilliant magazine. Um, any bike fans out there will know ABR straight away. Um, it's, you know... T- Mostly tourer bikes, things that you go on exactly long that. distance. Yeah, tourer yeah. bikes, people that tour the world. You know, they've got people in there talking about, you know, um, it's a bit like when Ewan McGregor, you know, did that tour around I, the world. I loved Long Way Down and Long Way Around. Yeah. I, I, remember, I, used to, I remember being... That was like 2004 that came out, I think. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching it with my parents and absolutely loved it. I, I re-watched some of it recently. They did another one recently, actually. Oh, did they? I didn't know that. Yeah, from the very bottom of Argentina to LA. Okay. And they did it all on electric bikes this time. Oh, wow. But because they were going through, like, really rugged terrain in the absolute middle of nowhere... Yeah. Th- there's, there's no electric points. Yeah. So they had to have made... Um, to a company called, I think it's Rivian, who okay. make a, an, an electric four by four, similar to similar to Tesla, like that kind okay. of that kind of yeah. sector. To follow, yeah, yeah. So they they basically yeah. built an entire network of electric um, charging ports wow. right the way from the base of Argentina all oh. the way to LA. Okay, purely for the for the yeah, for the purpose okay. of, of advertising their yeah. product, really. yeah, yeah. Because their their four by four, it was a prototype. It wasn't out at the time. Okay, and it was just to get that that prototype what mm. can we do this how's it going to cope okay and being this giant electrical machine that's immensely complicated mm. there were obviously lots of bumps in the road lots of things that that kind of that they had to fix along the way mm. but long story short it made it right the way there wow. as a prototype yeah. and and yeah it's, it's well worth watching i think yeah. i'm pretty sure it's on apple tv yeah um i'll take my royalties please <laughs> um, but it's, it's on it it's really really good and yeah and um it, but yeah it's based on on those Tourer bikes, and uh, I think I'm pretty sure they took electric Harleys. I think, um, or a, a, a Harley Davidson, not like you, not like mm. a great big fat boy or anything. It was uh, a proper tourer bike. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, it was a re- really really good show. But that, that's the same same kind of thing really. And um, but yes, yeah, so you talk, talk to me a little bit more about the um, ABR show. Yeah, so you know exactly as you talked about. It's all them type bikes. Um, so it's all about uh, those tourist stuff. They've got all the big brands there. You know, they've got BMW, KTM, Harley Davidson. They've got all those. They've got all the electric bikes there as well that you're talking about. You know, it's a bit, obviously a huge market now. Um, and we did the, we did the festival last year for them, but we weren't the main contractor. And essentially what they've got is this absolutely amazing festival. Because they're an international magazine, they decided they were going to do a bike festival a few years ago. And because they got this huge you know, reader subscription, they've just got the reach immediately to directly to all those fans. So when ABR magazine said, look, we've decided to do ABR Bike Rider Festival, you know, so it's Adventure Bike Rider, ABR stands for. So because of, uh, you know, adventuring like that, like they did in Argentina. And um, so ABR festival was born a few years ago and you know it's brilliant on every level apart from they had some q wait times they didn't have an amazing range of food there i think there was a few quality issues because the festival operators for this for this particular festival are very particular they want it 
really right. But the toilets are, you know, their toilets get hammered because it's so busy, but they've got big cleaning teams on constantly cleaning the toilets. They've got luxury trailers, you know, they've got... It's all about making the festival experience amazing. So you're still out, you're still in the mud, you're still going out around Ragley Hall, trialling these bikes all around, you know. But when you get back, the facilities are good. So one of the areas that was an issue for them, because they want it very, you know, as close to perfect as possible, was the wait times, the range, and some of the food quality. So they reached out to us, um, uh, I think it was 2020, and said... Would you, would you, you know, these are the issues, you know, somebody's pu- pushed you in our direction, would you help us improve it? Now, initially, I did them a proposal to, to come on as the main caterer, but they didn't want us to do that straight away, because they'd never worked with us, and so on and so forth. So we went, and tr- we went and dipped our toe in the water, and actually, you know, I had to hold my hands up to them. I had to say to them, look, you know what, I've under-egged this, because I wasn't at the show, you know, we'd got um, Ad running the event over there. He'd got six units in there and he was getting hammered, really hammered. So he went through two days' worth of food in the first day and was running out of stuff. And we don't do that. And, I, and I'm, I'm out somewhere for the day, you know, not, not working the weekend. I get a phone call from him saying, right, I, I, like, I need food over here. I said, you've got two days, mate. You can't be out yet. He said, I'm out, mate. Seriously, I'm, I'm, I've got con- concessions closing. So I so went straight to the unit, got a vehicle. Luckily, we carry a lot of stock, so I just loaded up a full van load of stock, took it over to him, got the concessions back open. Festival like organisers weren't over the moon about it because obviously, you know, we've been put in their direction. But ultimately, I held my hands up to them. I said, listen, the way your festival operates is not like a normal festival. Now, bear in mind, it was restricted because of COVID. It was only around 4,000 people, you know, so it's not a huge amount of people in comparison to what we're used to. So they were walloping the food, and it's because... Obviously, a big part of this festival is selling those bikes. That's yeah. what those big brands are doing. So you go there, you sign up, you get to trial one. And because it's at Ragley Hall, it's all around Ragley Hall grounds. They own all that land. So you can sign up to BMW, for example, and trial you know, this brand new bike all around Ragley Hall, 20-odd mile trek, come back. Then they sit you down. You know, Do you want a finance package? And they do the hard sell with you and try and get you to buy one. So you have to sign up to these. But to get that amount of people in and trialing bikes and, and you know doing this stuff, you've got to start early. So from six in the morning they're queuing for breakfast, and at twelve o'clock at night they're coming out the bar wanting pizzas. So they got so you, you're talking three meals, three to four meals a day: breakfast, lunch, yeah. dinner, and yeah. whatever else in between. It's, coffee, it's, snacks, it's, a yeah. lot. It's it's more like four, and because they're all those on those bikes with those little boxes on, they've got the tents in there, they've got everything else. They don't carry food with them. All it's literally fields and fields and fields and fields of tents with bikes parked next to them right they don't bring cookers they don't bring camper vans right they are there to eat and they're there to they sleep and bring their stuff with them and they bring their bikes everything else the bar supplies the booze you know we supply the food and the coffee right so you if, you, if they want it they get it from you and it caught me out and i just wasn't ready for it and uh and, and that's unusual you know i'm pretty good at planning this stuff but i was caught out with this one so after, we, you know, we fixed the problems, we got through best we could, but we didn't fix any problems for them. Um, now, I had a meeting with them afterwards, you know, and um, the boss there, who I hadn't actually met yet, um, I, I'd met some of the senior managers, but the actual owner of the magazine sat in the boardroom with me. And, um, you know, just being a very to-the-point man, he just went, Ryan, I'm really disappointed. And I said, okay. And he said, uh, you come on, big recommendation. I was expecting more. And I said, okay. I said, but with all due respect, I'm not a mind reader. What I need to be is your main caterer. I need to work with you side by side. I need to work through the whole 12 months. I need to do the ground plans with you. I need to understand the, the, the sale patterns of that, right? which now I do. And I said, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I'd have got this right. 
even with that information, because it is so unusual, this festival. But I hold my hands up, I apologise. I'm not your main caterer, so I can't be held responsible. I'm just one of the other caterers that failed you. How many other caterers were on that gig? Quite a lot. It was 18 altogether with my six. So there's quite a lot in there. You so know. you were... Well, my maths is terrible. Um, yeah, so yeah, so we were a third. Caught a third, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so we were a third of the catering there. Um, but, you know, and, and I did say to him, look, I'm not your, I'm not your caterer. I'm not your, so I can't be blamed for it. But what I haven't done is improved it for you. But I can improve it for you. But I need to be made main caterer. I need to work with you, which is what we've done for the last 12 months. So... With this one, you know, the numbers are going right up because COVID's gone. I think they're pretty much about to sell out on about 10,000 tickets now. So, nice. it's, you know, so it's 60% higher than what it was last year. So I'm putting in the largest, one of the largest food courts that would have ever gone into a, a UK festival in one block. So it's 24 food, uh, four coffee, and three ice cream going into one huge food court block. Now, externally, that's all those concessions, all signed individually, all got their own stations, all got their own staff. <laughs> At the back, we're putting in two very large back-of-house kitchens with then chilled lorries in the back with all of the stock in it. And a team of chefs working in those two separate kitchens, one feeding one half of the block, one feeding the other half of the block, and the staff just putting it out. So the chefs are just delivering this fresh-made food in big volumes. We've got 15 different cuisines going in there outside of the ice cream and the... Um, Coffee, 15 different hot cuisines. We're even doing things like, you know, fresh smoothies and like stuff like that in there. So we've given them an enormous range and the food quality, as always, is going to be amazing. But because of the way we've done it, we're going to we, we, we're going to deliver some serious numbers um, and there won't be even the slightest dip in quality. So it's quite an unusual one. I think you're going to capture it for us, aren't mm -hmm. you? So yeah, you're, I'll be there. you're going to come and capture the operations for us so that we can show kind of um you know anybody interested in working with us what we've done but if i'm honest with you this is never this style of catering in a festival like this at this scale um is never been done um as far as i'm aware ever and so you know we are changing the game with this one it's um, completely different to a music festival or anything like that really where people are Spend the day wandering around, maybe eating once from you, then go into a different place, and it it seems it seems like an unusual gig. It's really unusual. I mean, ten thousand people isn't a lot of people for what we used to. You know, we you know we do two hundred fifty thousand people sometimes. You know, but mm -hmm. this is they eat so heavily, and the nature of the structure because of it being you know heavily on sales and trialing these bikes, they just they're up for eighteen hours and they're eating three or four times. They want loads of coffee. You know, the bar's open. So after they've had a few drinks, they want a pizza at 11 o'clock at night. You know, there's all this type of stuff. So it, the numbers are enormous. And um, so, you know, 10,000 people, some 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 caterers will be listening to 10,000, not, not, not a lot. You know, you, you need to, it's not like 10,000 people. It's nothing like 10,000 people. You, you know, um, 10,000 people is a breeze for us normally. That's But this is a completely kettle of fish, completely different kettle of fish, which is, which is actually what I said, because last year there was 18 going in there. Uh, and I even said to uh, to one of the senior staff there, I said, I said, Mandy, that's, that's too many. You've got too many catering in there for 4,000 people. 18's too many. You know, she said, it's not Ryan, trust me. She said, just go in there and see. And then and then we were getting clattered. I had to say to her, blimey. You know, so there, there's obviously the original caterers that are still in there. So nobody's got the boots. Like, you know, we say this regularly, we don't do that. So, you know, the festival didn't want that. I didn't want that. So all those are still in there. So altogether, with our food and everything else, about 35 food going in there for 10,000, which a lot of people here will be like, that's loads, but it isn't. 
It just isn't. So, But the way we've got it geared up, it's a game changer, absolute game changer. And uh, I'm going to capture the whole thing and show people, um, you know, this brand new process for delivering fresh, chef-made quality restaurant food at huge volumes um, and the range in one food court, you know, the, 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 just to a spectacle of, you know, that amount of meterage in one massive line with all of the signs just showing you what you can have, you know, burgers, hot dogs, loaded fries, mac and cheese, Mexican food, Greek food, Chinese food, pizzas, ice creams, coffee. They're just there for you to see and easily read the way our signs are. So I've never done this many in a row before. It's going to be colossal, to be honest. Um, and actually, it's so big, the kitchen's got to have radios because they can't even talk to each other. So, you know, as in the, the central point. So if somebody yeah. wants to talk to the other guy down the other end, they're just never in a million years going to hear them. So they have to radio to it. That's bug. It's that big. So, and it's one stall essentially in one massive line. So you wouldn't normally need radio communication for one stall, but <laughs> that's how big it is. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I've had a few people, I posted it on Facebook and I've had quite a few industry people saying to me, I'm really interested to see that. Um, you know, one, one guy, coffee guy, actually, I know he's even said to me, uh, you know, I'm really interested to see that. Are you documenting it? And I said, yeah, we are. We're documenting You'll be able to have a look. He said, great. I'm really interested to see how that goes. Nice. Do you, do you know many of the traders going in there? As in the other traders? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not, not really. Um, there's a couple of them I know a little bit, uh, cause, uh, but not, uh, not that I know them really well. I've just worked with them on a lot of sites before. So it's Like subcontracting of the gigs out and things like that? Um, well, I mean, with these, actually, they're not actually they're not actually contracted through us. We're contracted in as main caterer, but all catering went directly through the festival. So uh, the only catering that I've brought in for them separate to us is I've put them in a crew catering zone. Um, so I, I, I installed that for them. So I went out to one of my regular partners. And nice. just, who's, who's that? So we've got McIntyre Catering going in there. So a guy called Clark, uh, and he's going in there. He's he's doing all the crew catering. So he's a he's a specialist crew caterer. He does a lot of festival crew catering back of house. So they're um they're, so he's geared up to do it. So so the idea of a crew caterer is it has to be a GP caterer, which is general purpose. So they need to be able to do a wide menu from one trailer or one you know one marquee or however they operate. Clark works out of trailers, so he needs to be able to do a wide menu. Uh, and he needs to change, you know, depending on his times. So you've got, um, you know, breakfast, early morning, there needs to be lunch and there needs to be dinner. And it can't be the same three options every day because obviously, you know, there's only so many times you might eat, you know, pie and chips, for example, for lunch. You know, you want something different. And also there needs to be healthy options in there. So this particular menu is we do, there's a whole range of things like, Chinese noodles, there's a whole range of uh, salads, uh, salad boxes, there's, there's some baguettes going on there, so if you want a more lighter lunch, that's all available. Then there's the heavier stuff, like, you know, your normal burgers, your chips, things like that. I think he's, uh, he, I think he's doing, uh, might even be doing some pizzas and some other stuff, he's doing chili con carnies and a few things like that. Obviously all your different breakfast options, but there's also some cold breakfast options, granola, yoghurt, things like that. And then obviously dinner times, he'll be switching it up a little bit and doing some different stuff on the night. So gives the crew a chance to be able to have something to eat different every day without getting bored sounds quite similar to uh, catering for a film set it's very similar it's very similar it's like film set catering or crew catering back of house catering it's all very similar so but Clark specialises in doing that stuff I mean he does everything else but he does specialise in doing that so he knows the score so brought Clark in to do that he's handling that um, but everybody else that's on the festival is booked directly through ABR and their office uh, so we're not dealing with them Interesting, interesting. And, and when's this? Let's get, throw, throw the dates at us. So it, start, so it starts next weekend. So um, we're building on Wednesday. 
uh, which obviously you can imagine with that amount of marquees yeah, going it's in. It's going to take a little while. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, those kitchens are built from scratch. So every single one of those units we talked about, you've got to have all the tables put in them. You've got to have, you know, all the signage put up at the whole lot. So we've got a team of lads going in there. Sorry, team of people, should I say, going in there um, on the Wednesday morning early, uh, bringing literally all the marquees in, everything. Um, once that's all in, uh, on the afternoon, we've got the chilled lorry trailers coming in. Um, and our Sparky's arriving, they'll come in and they'll wire everything straight off. We've got 63 amp three-phase feed there, and then that will be supplied to us by the festival. After that point, my Sparky's take up the linking of that, and they will they literally run festoon lighting and strip lighting in the kitchen all the way through. They'll power points everything for all of our, you know, smoothing machines and everything else. That'll all get rigged in by my, my Spark. And then... Um, and then the chiller trailers get turned on, and then we have got several large articulated chilled lorries arriving on site at Thursday morning early. By that point, Thursday, all the all our all our dry store area and our refrigeration is cold and ready. So that everything comes off in cages, goes straight into the relevant zones, whether it's chill, freeze, or ambient. Um, and then at around four o'clock, uh, four or five of our units will open for a VIP opening just a few couple of thousand guests and then Friday morning uh, that's when it really gets going so Friday morning breakfast kicks off I think we're opening four units for breakfast initially and then by around about 10 about 10 a.m uh, all the other food will open and then we'll just roll from there right the way through to about 8 a.m uh, sorry 8 p.m and then 8 p.m we'll start to quieten down and then our core six will still be left open they will carry on training till midnight that way, then you're not got them all open, even during the slightly quieter periods, or the staff standing there doing nothing, twiddling their thumbs, and it doesn't mean you have to shift them because obviously you can't make them work from six till twelve at night. Yeah, that'd be rough. Yeah, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be rough, and I'll probably go to jail. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it just means we've only got those six where we need to shift the staff because uh, yeah. they can the rotate ones. people. And yeah, we can rotate people, and uh, and then the other ones are literally just a ten a.m. to eight p.m. shift. So obviously it makes it simple, and mm. they're able to do the whole shift. So that's pretty much where we're at and then so it runs like that's Friday, Saturday uh, and then Sunday morning uh, pretty much by one o'clock it's, it's pretty much over because obviously everyone's been intense all weekend which we are, I think we all know there's only a so long that that becomes enjoyable mm-hmm. uh, and obviously they're all drinking all weekend you know we're feasting all weekend so I think pretty much by lunchtime they're ready for home so off they go and then the D-rig starts Nice, nice uh, I think that's a really good place to end it uh, I think we may have the next episode from the Adventure Bike Show Yes, so yeah, we said we'd do it from there, didn't we? So next week, you know, normally we do it bi-monthly, don't we? But we've decided to run a podcast next week and we're going to do it live directly from the site, aren't we? Mm-hmm. So um, it should be really cool. We've just got to try and find somewhere right in the middle of the site. Hopefully there's no rain. Um, you know, and we'll, um, we can kind of maybe spin the camera around a little bit, give people an idea of the food court block that we've put in place and, uh, yeah, just to have a, a, a do one, you know, from the middle of the festival site, which would be really interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. We'll, uh, we'll see you there, folks. Cheers, Ryan. No problem. See ya.